Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do the podcast. <laughs> right? Right. What if I did the whole podcast? Don't. Please okay. don't. In a Philly accent. No. Thank okay. you. You already have... It's already there, babe. Don't worry. Okay, I won't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I won't do it. Please stop. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know why you're upset. I hate this. Okay, let's talk about eyes wide shut. Stop! Now you sound Australian. Like, you did a terrible Australian accent. And... Foyt Club. <laughs> Foyt Club. Foyt Club. Foyt. All right. Jesus. The worst. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death Okay. Evergreen intro. There it is. Yo, yo, yo. What? No, we're going to not <laughs> yo, do yo. that. It's <laughs> yo, gonna, DVD wraps. We're not going to do yo, yo, yo. We're not going to do that. It's a new season. It's time for yo, yo, yo. <laughs> the catchphrase that God America's hungry it. for. Oh, no. We're already off the rails. Um, oh, I sounded like, uh, what's her name from Big Mouth? We're already off the rails. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Jenny Slate, not Jenny Slate anymore yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Going great. I can't remember her name. Missy. 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 Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> great. What if I did the whole podcast in Missy voice? Okay, I'll do Philly accent. <laughs> you do Missy. You know, I don't know how I felt about Fight Club, you guys. <laughs> I thought it was wild. I'm glad I'm making myself laugh. Hey, we're doing this for each other. <laughs> Do we have topics at the top? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, the topic at the top is. So I went through the spreadsheet today. Mm-hmm. I did a little audit. Did a little, a little spreadsheet bit of an audit because audit. I know the number is constantly changing of how many DVDs we own. <laughs> so I did a little audit. Added a few that were purchased since we started. Mm-hmm. Took out some like doubles. Okay. And also subtracted, so we've gotten rid of 21 DVDs so far. To the 10th power. Yeah. So we've gotten rid of 21 DVDs so far. Uh-huh. So our current count. Yes. As we start this episode, as we sail into episode number 25. 25. I will say. Season uh, 2, episode 2. Yes. As we sail into this episode, mm-hmm. our current count is exactly 1,300 DVDs. Wow. What's funny about that is that it's different from the number that you told me earlier today. So it really is just constantly changing. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, great. Okay. But we're going to continue to, when we uh, choose the random DVDs, we're going to continue to choose from the uh, the total number, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll keep you guys updated. Don't worry about yeah. what we're down to, how many we've gotten rid of. Right. We don't worry. Yeah, I know there's we'll people out there. We'll keep you a boob of the uh, status of the spreadsheet. Right. There's people <laughs> out there with their own spreadsheets. They're mm-hmm. keeping track. Yeah, yeah. They want to know how it's going. They're fantasy deathmatch teams. Yes, exactly. Right. So obviously. Anyway, so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Okay, great. 
Great. Um, Donald Trump was impeached for a second time today. That's nice. Hey, ooh, ooh. <laughs> we love that. We love love that for him. Love that for us. Yeah. Uh, what a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And, and it's almost over. We're almost there. We're, right? Yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be a new nightmare, but it'll be a better nightmare. It'll be a different nightmare, though. Better nightmare. Better? I think it's going to be a nightmare, a improved, better nightmare. Improved nightmare. Better uh, forward to a better nightmare. That would be my <laughs> slogan if I was running for president. <laughs> um, our movies today are mm-hmm. both from 1999. So tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. I feel like you should have been, so tonight we're going to death match, like it's 1999. Wow. Notes. Notes. <laughs> Notes from the comedy guy. Okay, I don't care for that. <laughs> I had cheerleading dance to that song. I don't remember it at all. Okay. Um, so our movies today, both from 1999, yes. Eyes Wide Shut and Fight Club. Yeah, baby. Two uh, just insanely dense, like... Interesting movies, I would say. Yeah, formative, both formative for me. I remember seeing them both in the theater. I remember, uh, well, we'll talk about it. Not at all formative for me. (laughs) One of them I hadn't even seen. So, (laughs) um, great. Gonna start with uh, gonna be a Mike heavy app. (laughs) Let's start with uh, eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. The eyes they are wide shut. It's from 1999, directed by Oh. I don't know. <laughs> a little director, maybe you've heard of him. Wow. Do you like this bit? It's great. Stanley Kubrick. Wow. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so his final film, he turned in the cut to Warner Brothers, died six days later. Oh, I saw four days later. Four days later. <laughs> Either way. So he didn't finish the editing process on he it, did not. but it came out posthumously. But also, it was he didn't finish the like sound and music and everything, the like mix that. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's I mean, his he, cut. He turned in a cut, yes, and then it was released. Yeah. So I think, like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I think it's a Stanley Kubrick film. I don't think anybody. It's not like AI where they released it and they were like, "Oh, Stanley Kubrick started this, but Steven Spielberg finished it." And all the, you oh, remember God, that? No. It was like Stanley Kubrick, I don't think he started making it. I think he like what developed it a little bit or something like oh, that. Okay. And then Steven Spielberg picked up the baton and did it. Yeah, I was like, I only know AI as Spielberg, but I haven't watched that movie in 20 years. Do we own it? No. Well. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um anyway, eyes wide shut. <laughs> Uh, IMDb summary. IMDb summary. Thank you. A New York City doctor embarks on a harrowing nightlong odyssey of sexual and moral discovery after his wife reveals a painful secret to him. <sighs> uh, okay. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. Um, stars Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman as the couple. You might have heard of them. Yeah. And at the time, they were a couple. Right, exactly. In real Big life. deal. And I remember I just... This is like one of the first movies where I was so aware of the production of it. Yeah. Like as it came out and being mm. like this, they spent two years shooting this because it's Kubrick. years, Or like you guys. maybe it was a year and a half. And like. and It was we, a really long time. It was a really long time. Because Kubrick's known for that, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like very demanding director. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, Nicole Kidman was just on WTF this week mm. talking about. Eyes Wide Shut and 
how, I mean, she, it was not, it didn't seem like it was a bad experience. Like she and Stanley Kubrick were super close. Yeah. And I mean, she talks about on that podcast, Hey guys, check out WTF. I don't know if you've heard of it again. (laughs) Um, Hot wreck. Yeah. But, uh, but she talks about like getting the call that Stanley Kubrick had died and what a like devastating blow that was for her and they, how close they were and how much they talked to like, you know, and what close friends they were and everything. And um, so it wasn't like a bad experience. Like yeah, a, but like a, I think demanding like a, is the perfect exactly, description. It's, exactly. That's, no matter how nice you are, uh, more than a year-long shoot right. is, especially when you're one of the main characters, uh, right. that's a lot. And you had never seen this movie before. I had not. I'd only um, heard tell uh, that there was spicy, sexy sex in it. Right. Well, so that was your impression going in was that it was like a sex movie. Yeah. Like I, this is it. The, the, all I knew about eyes wide shut going into it was that it was sexy and that it was long. <laughs> I would never recall this movie sexy. <laughs> that, but that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. what I know what you mean. Having seen it, I agree with you, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that was my impression of this movie. It was literally just those two things. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that like we, you and I got together at like, there's a universe where you and I get together a little earlier and we go on our first date to like eyes wide shut. Oh God. Like, Oh, I hear this is like a cool, sexy movie. And I'm like, no way, bro. No way. And then we never speak to each other again. So, um, so I remember seeing this at the time. Yeah. I remember like seeing it at the the Merlin at the time. Oh, the Merlin, yeah, which, which is now the, the Chaz, the Chaz and the Highway, yeah, something. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's not probably nothing now. Right? It's fucking oh, no. COVID. Oh no! Very niche talk about a very yeah. small movie theater in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Jenkintown. Shout out to Jenkintown. <laughs> I remember riding my bike to see it. Hey, at, you, know. At, you know, I just like it and and also just being like Stan, like 16 years old, Mike, you you never remember. I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Oh, Stanley, like, this is the most important movie I've ever seen. Oh, boy. And then, like, seeing it and being like, "Eh, I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was great. Um, Anyway, so let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the plot. That's what we're doing. We're talking about the movie. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, so, so Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are a couple. The, we're in New York. Yep. They live on Central Park West. Yeah. They, the, it starts, when it starts, we're in New York, Central Park West. Then it, like, I mean, I think this is, like, a famous thing about the movie is that it was shot in, like, London or Eastern Europe or something. Yeah, it was, on, it was shot on, on, like, in London. Oh, London. On, like, yeah. Like, on a studio set. Yeah, like, it's not so, actually New York. Well, I mean, there's all these, like, B-roll shots in the beginning that really place you in New York. And yeah. then later, during his odyssey of the sexy night or whatever (laughs) he's like clearly on these like sets yeah so clearly anyway which i think is intentional but anyway go ahead um yeah so they're a couple they live on central park west he's doctor i think she says she used to run a gallery but oh yeah anymore she tells the guy during that like sexy during the party yeah flirty dance they go to a party. Um, they kind of split up, and she is dancing with this man who clearly is very into her. And he's talking to these two women who are very clearly into him. Um, and 
Oh, and then so the guy who's the guy who's hosting the party? How do Sydney they? Sydney Pollock. Oh, it's just his. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. Played by Sydney Pollock. Uh, it's uh, Tom Cruise's character is his doctor. Yeah, he's he's Ziegler. He's a patient. Right. And he's but he's very wealthy. And he's powerful. even yeah exactly. Yeah. He's even richer than the two of them. He throws this big holiday party. That's where they are. While they're at the party, Tom Cruise runs into uh, an old med school friend right who's playing the piano which is hysterical the idea that someone that like so clearly the setup here is that like oh he couldn't hack it in med school right so now he's like playing the piano at a but like has a career playing jazz piano like right. that's a different also very good thing right so like what well, uh, another thing about that is that his name is Nick Nightingale yeah and that's not his stage name because Tom Cruise comes up to him and goes hey Nick Nightingale yeah and it's like well if you were in med school with a guy named Nick Nightingale <laughs> like maybe like he should have known he would have been a jazz pianist at some point. You know what I mean? Like that's not a med school name. That's a jazz pianist name. Well, but um, also isn't um Florence Nightingale? Isn't that a thing? Isn't she a nurse? Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> Eat shit. So really, he could go either way. Also, Nick Nightingale, played by Todd Field, the director of one of our favorite movies, Little Children. Hey, love that. Um, Love that for him. <laughs> and so for us. tight. <laughs> um, no, that was one of the IMDb trivia things that I read was that this movie features like eight directors. So oh, I'm that's like, funny. oh, that must have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all probably so scared of Stanley Kubrick that they yeah. were like, okay, uh, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he he runs into this old friend of his, and uh, the friend is like, oh, I'm, you know, obviously not a doctor. I play jazz piano. I'm playing at this club. You should come check it out. Uh, and then what happens? <laughs> well, then we enter a dream-like hate. No. So then they, <laughs> Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise have a fight where Nicole Kidman admits that... Uh, oh, yeah, they get high. They get high. They have a fight. Where Nicole Kidman admits that she's she's been fantasizing, or at least fantasized a year ago, right. about a sailor when they went on vacation that was at a restaurant with them. Yeah. So she's been having these fantasies about like being with having him. sex with the sailor guy that she saw. Yeah. She didn't do anything with him. She didn't meet him. Mm-mm. Never spoke to him. But saw a guy and has been thinking about him. Yeah. This sets Tom Cruise. Off. <laughs> he loses his goddamn mind. Literally. But like, not he like, loses his mind. But not like gets angry at her. I mean, they're having a fight, but right. it's not, the fight is actually pretty tame. Yeah. But he just, he can't stop thinking about it. He can't stop picturing it. Yeah. Um, he goes on, he quests out into the night. Yes. To fuck. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, and... Then it's like a series of different kind of vignettes mm-hmm. where he like tries to go to a sex worker and then doesn't it doesn't work out for some reason and he yeah. go and then you know there's like uh what happens before the sex worker it's the the patient his patient dies an old man dies that's right and the, he goes the, to the house the and the daughter is there and the daughter's like I love you yeah. and like kisses him yeah. and it's like and he's like no what. Um, it's very Then it's a weird. sex worker. Then it's a sex worker. Then he goes and re-meets up with Nick Nightingale. Yep. And then Nick Nightingale kind of like clues him in inadvertently to, oh, I'm playing at this secret party later. Yeah. 
the and so then he then Tom Cruise gets out of Nick Nightingale like all the information about the party. Yeah, the password, the dress code, right. where it is. Fidelio. <laughs> um, and then goes to get a costume. At the costume shop, he has another sexy adventure. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Ugh. not, but. And then goes to the party. And I feel like the party is what everyone associates this movie with. It's certainly what I do. Yeah. Um, goes to the sexy, powerful Jeffrey Epstein party. And then... <laughs> oh, God. And then... And then, like, some so shit goes So, the party. Down. So, the party. We're talking tuxedo. We're talking cape. We're talking masks. So, everyone's anonymous. You can't see them. We're talking... Masquerade masks, not like Spider-Man masks. Yes. We're talking... <laughs> it would be funny if they all sent to, like, Spirit Halloween. Like Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. It was all Iron Man. And, like, Shrek and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're talking naked ladies with just masks on and a thong and Edwardian chanting and waving yeah. some smoky thing by the lead guy who's wearing a red robe. That's how you know he's the lead guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very, uh, it, it feels very much like what a specific kind of nerd fantasizes about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. That's exactly how I feel. Is that and it's like this is yeah, this is someone's very specific, very specific idea. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, not like sexy fantasy, but like conspiracy fantasy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of yeah. like, of like, this is what's really going on. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, he's found out at the party to be an imposter. To be, yeah. to be you know, he doesn't he doesn't belong there. Um, and then there's this whole thing where they like make him take his mask off and then they tell him to take his clothes off and he's like, I'm not going to do that. And then this girl who's been trying to warn him, like, you got to get out of here, man. They're, they're on to you. Um, she says like, I'll take responsibility for him. She's led away. He's kicked out of the party. Right. And then what happens? <laughs> oh my god, this movie's Again, so complicated. It's not that complicated. It's it's it, I think it's not complicated. I think it's like weirdly dreamlike and one scene doesn't necessarily lead to the next. Yeah. So So then he, uh, well, okay, let's so. not spoil the entire thing, but he spends the rest of the film trying to figure out what happened that night and and Right. And there's still like an hour left in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I always thought when we watched it this time cuz I don't think I'd seen it in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um I always thought, oh, the party is the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The party's like the middle of the movie. And he, yeah. yeah, exactly what you're saying. He spends the rest of the time like trying to figure trying it to out. Trying to figure out what's going on. Um, okay. <laughs> One of my first notes is. Let's get into it. This flirting is so cringe. In the beginning when they're at the party, Nicole Kidman flirting with that older guy and Tom yeah. Cruise flirting with the two women it is the cringiest, like, heavy-lidded, not subtle innuendo right. stuff you've ever seen. And it goes on for so long. Right. And it just makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Which, I think, like, like, is maybe the point, but, like... Yeah, I think it's definitely the point, but I think, like, I think, I think what you're getting at there, and not to jump ahead, but, like, I think what you're getting at... Is why, I mean, I like this movie Mm -hmm. in certain ways, but I don't, it's not like an important, like, it's not like, oh, eyes wide shut. Like, there's people who fucking love this movie. Mm -hmm. 
um, obviously, because yeah. it's like Stanley Kubrick and whatever. Right. And it's not really that for me because like the things that it's getting at, it's kind of what exactly what you were saying earlier, which is this feels like a nerd's version. Yes. Of what like sex and flirting and, and really and, rich people in New York. Right. And like, and I don't mean to call Stanley Kubrick a nerd. I love Stanley Kubrick. Guys. It's okay. Guys. If you're listening, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Um, Maybe but he's not alive anymore. What? No. Or is he? I mean, Moon Landing, okay. Room 237, think okay. about it. Um, <laughs> but it feels, the whole thing, I mean, Tom Cruise losing his mind <laughs> because his wife thought about fucking someone else. Thought about thought it. About. Thought about. Thought I understand that some people are like that. Uh-huh. I'm not the most interested in those people. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah. or like, it just doesn't, I, I, it felt like all very quaint problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I love, I, here's the thing. I, it all feels like such quaint problems. And like, I really do like how the movie feels when I watch it. Okay. But I don't care about these people or their problems, and I don't care about what Stanley Kubrick's saying in it. Uh huh. Because like, what is what is he saying? I don't know what he's saying, okay. <laughs> but I I don't care about someone who who gets so upset that their wife thinks about fucking someone else. Thinks about fucking. So counterpoint. <laughs> yeah, please. I did not like this movie. <laughs> I, you know what? I knew that. Um, and what I'm going to say is that if it, if it wasn't Stanley Kubrick slash I didn't know it was Stanley Kubrick, I would be like, this movie is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can just say that. Well, no, no, no. But this, but that, I think that's my point is that. I'm watching it with this lens of like, okay, this is a very revered director. He knows what he's doing. I think the only other Kubrick film I've seen is The Shining, Mm -hmm. but I fucking love The Shining. Sure. Um, So, but you know, like I said, revered director, people love him, blah, blah, blah. So I'm watching it through that lens and trying to to cull meaning from it. Do you know what I mean? The only thing I will say is that you saying just now, like, it's a dreamlike thing. Yeah. I was like, okay, that helps it uh, come together a little bit more yeah. for me. But for the most part, like, I, it's it's not, not hard to follow. It's just, like you said, like, I don't care. I think at one point I wrote, is this movie on Quaaludes? Like, what's going on? Yeah. I also wrote... Well, I know why it's so fucking long. Talk faster. They're all talking so slowly. It's like the opposite of the Gilmore Girls thing that you hate. They're talking so slowly. It makes me want to claw my eyeballs out. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I think, I think it is, it is very, it is a dream in certain ways. Like it's dreamlike. And I mean, that gets to like the Mulholland Drive, David Lynch thing that I know that is not your jam. Nope. Under understatement (laughs) not your jam um but i think that like it does like when i let the movie wash over me and i and i like i enjoyed watching it and i enjoyed the feeling and that party i mean there's things in a movie that are terrifying and that party's terrifying yes visually that party is also like it's like it's become such a cultural touchstone i think Mm -hmm. and um 
I feel like it's like sometimes you see something in a movie that feel that is like elemental, mm-hmm. like it gets to a thing that I feel like it's like, oh, I can't envision a world before I saw this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like it feels like oh, this is part of the human experience in a weird way, and mm-hmm. I feel like that party, that whole party sequence uh-huh. is like elemental or something. Like I okay. can't, I like I really like. It's like, and I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying I like, I like love watching it or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm just saying, like, I think about it all the time, even as like a comedy reference or whatever, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. just like, it's like, oh yeah, that is kind of like buried in my brain. That's yeah. all I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't. I mean, and it, 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 it's like you said, the thing about like the the kind of person who is going to be mad because their significant other thought about or fantasize right, about right. someone else is not someone that I, I have have a particular interest in. And I, I think that's honestly one of the biggest uh, hurdles for me because it's just like, I don't care. These people suck. Right. What? Exactly. Now, that being said, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise, fucking powerhouse oh actors. Oh my God. I love watching them. killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I think we said this, um, maybe not on this podcast because have we done a Tom Cruise movie yet? I don't think so. No, but remember years ago we were remember. on that. Remember? Remember when years ago we were on uh, that guy's podcast talking about Mission Impossible 3? Yes. And um, we were talking about Tom Cruise and it's like he's very easy to make fun of, uh, kind of, because he's a ridiculous human in real life, Scientology and all. But he truly is an incredible actor. Yes. And this is definitely a prime example of that. Like he is doing the work. Yes. I agree. Sorry, yes. I was no, looking no, no. up this what podcast because I wanted to promote it. Yeah, we'll link we, it, guys. It was fun. We were on... So this this is just a, a quick... I'll make this quick. Very yeah. fun story. Yeah. We gave... You gave... Yeah, we. I did not. You did not. You gave birth... I did. ...to our <laughs> second, second daughter, daughter <laughs> who we love. I don't know why I had to qualify it like that. I love her very much. Um, <laughs> we, you, you gave birth to her. And then I'm talking to the nurse. Yeah, who was very nice. Who's so nice wonderful. and so competent and yes. so wonderful. And I really loved talking to her. Yes. So I got the nurse in the room. And she was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I write for this TV show or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she was like, oh, my God, my son has a podcast. And he loves comedy. Do you, you, know, do you like movies? And I was like, I love movies. She's like, he has a podcast about Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Right. We fucking love We're Philip Seymour Hoffman. We're obsessed with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Like, we love him so much. Um, miss him every day. Miss him every day. <laughs> Really do. Uh, it's weird. Um, but he has a podcast about Philip Seymour Hoffman. And can I put him in touch with you? And we did. And yes. we, and he came over to our house with his, with his co-host. And we recorded uh, a podcast. And it was like, oh, you choose which Philip Seymour Hoffman movie you want to do. Yeah. And we chose Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. And it's called P.S. I Love Hoffman, a film-by-film retrospective of Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's... It was such a fun thing to do. Yeah. And it was Brian and Kyle. Kyle, yeah. Hosts, and they were great. Anyway. We should so. link up with them. I feel like there's a crossover there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Guys, totally. if you're listening, come on the deathmatch. We'd They're love not, to have you. We'd love to have them. That would be so funny. Because <laughs> um, we also had a newborn when like, yeah. they came over. Anyway, moving on. 
Um, so yeah, so we were saying on that podcast talking about Tom Cruise and how he is kind of, like I said, he's easy to make fun of because he's a ridiculous human, but he truly is a really great actor. And this is a really great example of that. And Nicole Kidman too, not that anyone is like, you know, doesn't know (laughs) that Nicole Kidman is great, but like, they're just incredible and they're, and they're incredible in this film. And you know, we were talking about Stanley Kubrick being a demanding director and I had read that there was a lot of secrecy um, on the set where, so for example, there's a bunch of scenes that are cut in while Nicole Kidman is talking about her fantasy about with this other guy of the two. It's a very long scene of the two of them having sex and which didn't happen, which didn't happen, but it, I mean, it was shot right. and Kubrick wouldn't let Tom Cruise come to set those days. Like he wouldn't <laughs> let him see it. So Good. he was, so he was, <laughs> so he was also behind the scenes kind of fostering this, you know, uh, animosity towards each other. Uh, so I hate that. Which part? <laughs> I think that is poor directing. <laughs> Wait, not letting Tom Cruise come? purposefully to to oh oh i know what you mean i yes. know what you mean like yeah. the thing where you're like pitting people against each other as a director and stuff like that yes. yeah yeah in real life as opposed to doing your job which is directing right. anyway um but yeah i think that's a thing that you and i both agree on which is like directors who like are like oh i need to manipulate this person Yes. As opposed to, I need to direct this movie. This and this direct actor. this actor. Right. Direct you can this direct actor. an actor, but right. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway. Uh, so yeah. So the, I know we're both thinking of the same person. I know we really are. Um, but um, but yeah. So so part of that is that it, some of it I think was was real or at least easily accessible for the two of them um, because of the way that Kubrick directed it. But also, they're incredible. They're incredible. They're great. They're both great. We love them both. Yeah. Um, um, sidebar. I want an entire movie about Alan Cumming being the front desk person <laughs> of that hotel. Because he showed up and I was like, thank God this movie is saved. <laughs> I just love him so much. And he was so great in that yeah. part. Just relentlessly flirting it was great. with Tom Cruise's character. But not and like, just yes, beautiful. I was so ready for it to be not offensive. I don't mean offensive, but mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm like a mincing, prancing gay portrayal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that at all. It wasn't. It Especially was so, in 1999, that's what you expect. And yeah. it was just so like... It was so Alan Cumming. Uh, it was great. It was yes. perfect. He's so wonderful. Um, and I don't mean I was expecting that from Alan Cumming. I right, mean, I was from expecting the that from yeah. 1999. Yeah, honestly. exactly, exactly. From like the time. Yeah. Um, I wrote down like, like a lot of things in my notes that are just like, what are you bummed? Like, like get over it, bro. <laughs> like she, it's. I mean, I don't. Yeah. What I don't, is the conflict? Here? Exactly. A thing I remember. Mm-hmm. Is when it came out, they put these like digital humans in front of the sex at yeah. the weird Jeffrey Epstein party, mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> and um, that was weird at the time, right? To censor it, right? This cut that we watched on this DVD. So this DVD came with a box set. Yes. I did not buy Eyes Wide Shut on DVD. I bought like a Stanley Kubrick the Classics box set mm-hmm. that has like documentaries and stuff in it and stuff, and um. It uh, does has the unrated version on this one, so we saw it all, baby. <laughs> it wasn't even that bad. No, it wasn't bad. I mean, like it's it was it's absurd that they wouldn't release this movie 
as as is. it was yeah. in in the U.S. or whatever. Um, right, because I think that was the thing is that they released the uncensored version in the UK. Yeah, and then they had this version for the U.S. because yeah, exactly. we're dainty little flowers and we cannot to take it. We really are. Um, yeah, I mean, I re- you know I'm just looking at my notes. Nobody ever fucks in it. <laughs> um, I guess you know Nicole Kidman has sex with that guy in the dream, mm-hmm. and then there's the party, but that's it. And Tom Cruise never like. He just goes on this quest to have sex, and he never does. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it does feel like you're journeying through Stanley Kubrick's, like, sexual anxieties. Yeah. I like, wrote down, it feels like therapy. Right. One by one. Yeah. And none of these anxieties are particularly interesting. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, like I, I do like the movie. It feels dreamlike and, and like interesting to watch, but yeah. it's not, it if looks we're talking good. about, it's, it's right. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful to watch the colors yeah. and, and the mm-hmm. performances and all that stuff. And the shots and all yeah. it's, that all looks amazing. He like, he knows what he's doing. This Kubrick <laughs> guy. What a stupid thing to say, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it's not for me. Right. It's not for me. I kind of think it's not for me that much either. Oh. Like, I, I, I like the movie, but I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. And it's like, it, you know, it's it's fine. I don't know. I just don't. So, uh, in conclusion, eyes wide shut. So, what's the connection? Uh, what's the connection? Well, there's two connections. Okay. Two? So, um, Harry Warren... Who, who is? is a songwriter lyricist? Okay, Cla- like classic uh, person did. I only have eyes for you, I which plays. Only have eyes please. For you. Thank you. <laughs> um, which plays at the party that the eyes wide shut? Yeah. The, not the sex party, but the, the first party. First party, the, the Christmas party. Yeah, also arguably a sex party. I mean, everything. I think that's what Eyes Wide Shut is saying: is Aren't that everything is sex a sex parties. party. <laughs> um, Man, I miss parties. Yeah, oh, fuck. Uh, and then also wrote uh, the song "No Love, No Nothing," which played by Marlena Dietrich. I mean, it's the performance that's in Fight Club is in is by Marlena Dietrich. Um, which plays when uh, Marla Singer takes a bunch of pills oh, and she calls yeah. uh, the narrator or whatever we're fucking calling him. Sure. Um, so there's that connection, the songwriter connection. Mm-hmm, and then also that. Jared Leto, who's in Fight Club, mm-hmm. is in Panic Room oh. by David Fincher, which also features Nicole Kidman in an uncredited cameo as a voice on the phone in Panic Room. Oh, look at that. Look at that. This is the segment America <laughs> hungers for. They love it. They can't get enough of it. They, there's what's the connection fever. People are storming the Capitol <laughs> over what's the connection. They can't get enough. Great. All right. Movie number two. All right. Eyes wide shut. Going up against... 
Fight Club from 1999, directed by The Finch. David Fincher. (laughs) Our second David Fincher. Second Fincher. IMDb summary is, an insomniac office worker and a devil-may-care soap maker form an underground fight club that evolves into something much, much more. He's devil-may-care. He's so (laughs) devil-may-care. That Brad Pitt. Yeah, very devil-may-care. Yeah. You've got Edward Norton. You've got Brad Pitt. You've got Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. It's Fight Club. You know Fight Club. <laughs> Everyone knows Fight Club. Know it. Know it. It's, uh, I um, probably watched it a hundred times <laughs> um, when I had the VHS. <laughs> I just have very, you know, visceral memories of like watching this movie a ton. Yeah. In my room. <laughs> in my room. I saw it. I think you showed it to me. Great. Great. Well, there was a lot. Cool boyfriend. Uh, you keep doing that. I'm still here. It worked. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> what you're going on about. Um, but there were a lot of films that I hadn't. I I saw movies before I started dating you. That's good. But, like, well, I mean, like, I think that says something. Like, my dad never saw movies in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I went to the movies, like, socially. Yeah. Um. But you went to film school. Like, you're obviously more into films than I was. And, you know, you showed me a bunch of movies. That's okay. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Anyway. uh, But I don't think I've watched it since that first viewing. Yeah. Which was probably 20 years ago. Yeah. If if not more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it was there. there, With both of these, there wasn't a popping off segment to really do. They both just start. Yeah. Well, but I will say with this one, you put in the disc... It has the warning screen, and then the warning screen glitches out. Like, it's integrated into, right. like, what happens in the film a little bit. Yeah, and the it warning screen. It glitches out into the menu, The warning screen is, is cool. also, like, the one says, like, do not copy this, FBI, whatever. And then yeah. the next one says, like, you are not your Nutribullet or whatever. And then it, like, glitches out. It doesn't yeah. say Nutribullet because that's before it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. uh, it's like, ooh, consumerism. Yeah, it, so like, it integrates out. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, Fight Club. Tons of extras. Tons of extras. It's, One of is I, it a two disc? It's two discs. Just like so many extras. I definitely watched all of them. <laughs> like when I was when I first got this DVD, I definitely watched this with the commentary. The commentary, the one with Edward Norton and Brad Pitt, is, like, really good. I remember them talking about the scene where they're walking around just, like, hitting cars with baseball bats. Yeah. And and I, re- I have such a distinct memory, and I should have gone back and watched it again just to make sure, but of them talking about, like, the the VW bug, because mm-hmm. that's one that they look at, and they're like, fuck uh, this, yeah. and they just immediately smash it. And, like, both of them saying... Uh, kind of watching it and Brad Pitt especially just going like, I've kind of come around on the VW bug. I kind of like it now. <laughs> and I feel like that's such how I feel about everything now is like, <laughs> is like, like when I, yeah, like 20, 15, 10, five years ago, I was like fight club, man. And now I'm like, who cares? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Let people have a VW bug in 1999. You know what I mean? I don't know. Very funny, um, but I just I all those commentaries are great. I remember like really enjoying a lot of them and learning a lot from them. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned, second Fincher, the first being Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. The intro to this is very similar to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like loud music. Oh yeah. Really computer generalized cut 
Degenerized. Degenerized. <laughs> I love that. Oh, dear. Love that for us. <sighs> Loud music. Very, like, computer-generated images. Yeah. Lots of cuts with, like, the credits rolling yeah. in front of it. Um, but, yeah, very, very similar. Yeah. Same vibe. Had not put that together, but that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, David Fincher loves that. He loves CGI. He loves that computer. Like, I mean, Benjamin Button was all that. And, yeah. And, but he loves to integrate it in interesting ways. I was going to say. It, and it doesn't always work for me, but. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, no, no. I was just going to say, it, it, it's, I think it's integrated really interestingly in this film. Yeah. And yep. done, like, pretty well, especially considering, again, this is 1999. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't look that shitty, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks, like, kind of shitty. But, like, at the time, I remember just being like. That's like that CGI, like you travel inside the pilot light and then you come out and like you're the fridge and the apartment explodes and like just being like, yeah, yeah. man, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will say um, that is probably my biggest overall note about this movie is that it is it's exactly that it's dudes being like, this is so cool. Yeah, like. Yeah. Fuck, like, consumerism, like, explosions and punching people and cutting balls off is, like, (laughs) the worst possible thing that you could, like, they're trying to torture someone and, like, make sure that he doesn't talk or whatever. And they're like, we're going to cut your balls off. Right. Um, And then we looked at a little bit of the, like, behind the scenes stuff. Literally only men on that set. And oh, I was yeah, like, that true. tracks. <laughs> um, so that's the true. testosterone is dripping off this movie. Yeah. And I, also. I mean, that's they're, that's, yes, you're yeah. totally right. That's exactly what they're going. They're just like men. Yeah. Like, like and we're all uh, lost in consumerism and mm-hmm. we don't have any wars to fight. Anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like intellectual nerdy man. Yeah. Um, and it's also integrated into the film in this this thing. Uh, so Meatloaf is in Fight yeah. Club, which is like, he's so good. He is really good. Like there was he's a moment, so there was a moment I was watching him and then I was like, wait a minute, that is Meatloaf, right? Like I was like, for a second I was convinced maybe it's not him because no, he's, so, he's good, so good, which is a silly thing to say. But he's really great and he plays this character who uh, uh, Edward Norton's character meets at a group for people who have lost their testicles testicular to testicular cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, uh, for various reasons that he explains, uh, the Meatloaf character has developed breasts, and that's like his thing. Um, and then also they're like hugging and crying and, and right. all of this stuff. And it, it, it felt very 90s where it's like... Um, Vulnerability as comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Especially like for men. Yeah. Um, totally. But in general, like it just felt so firmly 90s. Right. Like, that can thing you where believe? Like, yeah. 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 Can you believe this man has breasts and is crying and isn't that hysterical? And right. Like, I mean, <laughs> and I think like that's, you know, that's what, and I don't mean to give the movie too much credit because I do, and I I hate this word, but I, but it like, so much of the voiceover is like very cringe. Is like <laughs> why do you, you hate the word cringe? It just because it feels like such a oh, um, okay hot it's button. Such, yeah, it's like it a feels like popular. a like a uh, like I feel like too old to just say like, that's so cringe. Oh, you know what I mean? Because I'm like almost forty, <laughs> but it does feel very like 
like the Edward Norton voiceover in particular. Yeah. Like, you are not your khakis, dude. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool it. I'm also my khakis, though. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, but once you get beyond that, like the 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 movie really is just about in very, I think, still interesting ways mm-hmm. um, that just like male vulnerability and like, and toxic masculinity yeah. and toxic, like, we're just dudes being bros. And then, like, oh, it turns into terrorism. Yeah. And it's very interesting to watch. I mean, first of all, it's it's so – this is such a weird movie to watch. It's yeah, so weird. It's so weird. So I, like, I wrote down, I was like, is this just QAnon? Well, no. Yes. 100%. <laughs> but it, like, in a weird way predicted all of this, but – is born out of a pre nine eleven, obviously yeah. pre Trump mm-hmm. mentality of like men who are comfortable but have no war to fight, and that is yeah. explicit. Brad Pitt has that whole speech where it's like we're a generation raised by women and we have no war to fight and yeah. all this stuff. So <laughs> just wait, right? Exactly. If you wait two years, nine eleven happens. And yeah. All of a sudden, blowing up a bunch of buildings, and we're just making up wars. Right. Exactly. We're making up wars, and all of a sudden, blowing up a bunch of buildings isn't like a funny, funny thing. thing. Yeah. And then the financial crisis, and then Trump and QAnon. You know, not yeah. that I'm skipping over a bunch of you know, just like like economic inequality. In and of its like in and of itself like yeah. it's just so it's like it kind of arrives at the same place of all these disaffected men mm-hmm. who don't know what to do with themselves and they fucking fight each other or blow up a bunch of buildings or storm the Capitol wearing yeah. a bunch of furs and put their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk like yeah it gets to the same place but it's born out of a very different time yeah exactly no no that's it's it's interesting it's also um, the thing. Something I love about it that was also very difficult to watch is, guys, there's a lot of fighting in this movie. <laughs> um, but the fight choreo is amazing. I yeah. am so horny for fight choreography. I love it. I love. You love it. I love when I can. I love when it's beautiful and perfect and really well crafted and really well done. I love when it's horrible and I can see the counts. Like I yeah. love all of it. And this, it's really well done in this film, obviously. Um, and it's also this, this real mix of boxing and street fighting, which is right. really cool. Right. Um, and it's and, just, yeah. it's so violent. And it's that thing. I think we talked about it before that thing where it's like my whole body, all of my nerves feel like they're electrified. And there were so many moments of that. Cause yep. it's just, these dudes are just like slamming heads into concrete and and yeah, punching and, well, each other and the so sound, hard. The yeah. sound yeah. does so much of the work. It's so every, well I mean, done. The, the fight choreo is amazing, but yeah. also the sound does so such a good job. Yeah. of conveying like slamming wet flesh. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like oh, in just a really amazing way. Yeah, like, I I think the sound design on this whole movie is yeah. incredible. Here's a weird note that I had. That notes. Notes, but like. It's, it's strangely, it feels like the whole movie feels like a drug fueled nightmare and there's so few drugs, actual drugs in the film. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's so, it's weird to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like they have like beer. 
<laughs> right, they have beer and like the Helena Bottom Carter character overdoses on Xanax. Xanax. Yeah. Which is again like But like What? This movie feels like they're all strung out on cocaine. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. crazy. Totally. But there's like no drugs. It's yeah. very strange. It is it is interesting. There's not it's not really a drugs thing and it's not really like again, I, I again feel like it's not like sexy like there's a sex scene with Helena Bottom Carter but like it's not yeah it's not sexy it's CGI'd all to hell like it's doing that interesting like Matrix freeze frame move around thing yeah um but yeah it's all about violence yeah it's just it's all violence in this one yeah definitely um guys I'm gonna say something crazy here are you ready Brad Pitt is good so good. <laughs> and Edward so Norton good. is good. The scene, the chemical burn scene. Yeah. Because I'm going to be perfectly honest. I was kind of like, not tuning in and out, but I was kind of like, oh, I remember why I haven't watched this again. It's not for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, so, so, so yeah. But so I, I was kind of feeling that ho- the whole way through the movie. And then that chemical burn scene happened. And I was like, this is fucking masterful. Yeah. These two men are killing it. Yeah. And I love it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I think interestingly, like you say that about, I was tuning in and out and I felt, I feel like when I saw this a bunch of times when I was, you know, 16 or 17 or whatever, and just thought this was the coolest movie. And mm. had my, I think my yearbook quote is from this. Ooh. I think I had the poster. I know I had the poster in my freshman year Mine's dorm. Mine's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> well, I was definitely, I was badass and had a fight club quote. Humiliating. What's Humiliating. What I quote? don't remember. Yes, you do. No, I honestly don't. You're a liar. No, I honestly don't. I'm going to find that yearbook. Please do, because I'd be interested to know. Oh, I don't have that yearbook because I was already gone. Fuck. I have it. It's in your mom's basement. Okay. We're going to get that yearbook, guys. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I thought, when I thought this movie was the coolest thing, I remember being like, watching it and just being so into that first half. Mm-hmm. And then the second half being like, yeah, sure. Great. This is also part of Fight Club. Great. Mm. This time, I, the, the first half was like, Oh, God, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be. I also think it is kind of not supposed to be. Yeah, you know I, was like, I, mean? I like, don't know. I don't like, know. I think it's it, the movie, do, the movie walks such a fine line, and I think that's why people have such trouble with it a mm-hmm. lot, is because, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yes, it's an indictment of the thing, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of into the thing. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot, but I think that, like, it does, it, you know, that first half, it's like, he's like, it's going to be planet Starbucks, man, when we explore <laughs> space, man. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know. It's fine. Yeah. Um, maybe it's also just that we've just so given ourselves over to corporate culture at this point in, in American history that maybe it seems quaint. Yeah. But anyway, this time watching it, I was just way more into that second half. I'm just agreeing with what you were saying about like yeah. tuning in and out and like once the chemical burn stuff and it starts to get more uh nefarious yeah project mayhem and all that stuff and like yeah. and it and it becomes more of an indictment of this shit, yeah, and more of like and i'll and I'll say sorry, I'm trembling no I'll say that scene i'm I'm like i'm that scene where they uh, where Meatloaf gets killed, mm-hmm. and they, uh, 
they bring his body in and then all the guys start chanting his name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. Because they didn't so sorry. They it's Project Mayhem. Yes. At this point. Fight Club has transformed into this malevolent like prank organization. Yeah. That then at the end becomes a malevolent terrorist organization. So right. that's the arc of the movie. Yeah. Um and at this point they're doing these weird like anonymous style pranks. Mm-hmm. And that scene where that where Meatloaf gets killed out on one of these pranks by a cop, and then they bring him in, and uh, Edward Norton is saying, "Like, what the fuck happened? You guys all fucked up." Yeah. His name is Robert Paulson. Like, this is a man. Yeah. And the, the all the guys are like, "No, we don't have names in Project Mayhem. What are you talking about?" And he says, "No, you guys are idiots. His name is Robert Paulson." Yeah. And then they start chanting, "His name is Robert." Right. Paulson. They go, "Oh." And, um. I can't remember his name. Holt McNeely, Holt McNally, something like yeah. that. The guy from Mindhunter. Yeah. Um, he's one of the guys. He starts chanting. And that scene is such a beautiful crystallization of like being in a cult and the person who's the leader of the cult is incoherent mm-hmm. and is changing the rules minute by minute. Right. And the mental gymnastics of like... Oh, okay. He did have a name. His name is Robert Paulson. Now we're chanting that. Right. And oh, in death we do have names. Right. That's yes, what it says. Exactly. In death he, we have he names. He comes up with a new rule on yes. the spot mm-hmm. to explain why Edward Norton has just contradicted himself. Mm-hmm. And that scene, like watching it, I'm like I feel very emotional actually yeah. talking about it. Watching it now, like like in the middle of this week. When these people are storming the Capitol and Trump's being impeached and all this stuff, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's your leader is a psycho. Yeah. Is an insane. And I don't mean to uh, psycho. Yeah, it's problematic. (laughs) Right, exactly. But your leader is incoherent. Your leader is completely incoherent and has no actual like uh rules or ethos or morals or anything like that mm-hmm. and you are bending over backwards to make this work for yourself yeah um that scene was so like weirdly powerful for me in a way that at the time you know watching it before it, i don't think i connected with it in that right, way we don't have a lot of uh, experience with like cults <laughs> right cults and but now america is a cult like you know what i mean and i don't Whoa, mean to be like oh man fuck off fuck Whoa, off bro. you know what i mean but no that's what it felt like it felt like oh god like this is it yeah this is exactly what it is because trump today released a video that was like oh, please everyone be uh, be you know nonviolent and 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 let's all just be peaceful for the inauguration and stuff. Right. Like, Amid, t- yeah. Exactly. Like, literally reports from the FBI that that people are planning to like fuck up the inauguration. Right. Exactly. Like today that yeah. happened, and immediately on Reddit, immediately on all these things, people are like, "He's this is he's sending secret messages to us. This is a thing. This oh, is like God. like like he's being uh, he's been captured by." Q or whatever. I don't know. No, Q is the... I don't know. Whatever. Fuck. Q but, from uh, Star Trek? Man, if QAnon <laughs> was about Q from Star Trek, we'd be in a lot better situation. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I've just rambled for a long time. Sorry. No, no, no. But, that, but yeah, like the, that, it's a real crystallization and a really good example of what that must be. Right. And, and watching that's this, scary. That's terrifying. Right. And watching this movie when I was 17, I was like, yeah, Starbucks, man. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh... <laughs> 
uh, yeah. America is a cult. <laughs> like I yeah. very much identified with the second half of this movie way more this time. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. Just to to wrap this up on a on a funny note <laughs> for me. Um, there's a scene where Edward Norton, uh, in order to essentially get out of his job, he starts beating himself up. Yeah. Uh, and there are people on the phone and they come and they think his boss is the one who's doing it. And his boss is just standing there looking at him horrified as he, as he beats the shit out of himself. And I was watching it and I immediately thought of <laughs> from Liar Liar. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Which funny. Is the classic film where Jim Carrey can't lie and he's a lawyer, so that's a big deal and it's lawyer, a whole other lawyer. thing. Yeah. But uh <laughs> sorry. But and there's something he's trying to get out of court because he can't lie. Yeah. And it's fucking with his case. So he goes to the bathroom and starts beating himself up because like the judge says you're not gonna get out of here unless like you need medical attention essentially. Yeah. And some he so he's beating himself up comically, throwing himself around this bathroom. Yeah. And somebody walks in and goes, What the hell are you doing? And Jim Carrey turns to him and goes, I'm kicking my ass. Do you <laughs> mind? And it's like that him saying that, the look on his face is in my brain permanently. That movie was like one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. I hope, classic. I hope it holds up because I don't think we own it. Oh God. But it's so good. <laughs> it was like, I just it's at great. the time that was like, yeah, Jim Carrey, Hyvis powers. That was the funniest shit I'd ever seen in my yep. life. Yep. Anyway. So that, so in the midst of fight club, I was like, I'm kicking my ass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it made me chuckle. Speaking of that scene, we didn't talk about the twist. Yeah. In Fight Club. Spoiler alert. No. Spoiler alert. I mean, I think it's a famous twist. Like it's like yeah. it's like it goes in the ranking of twists. It goes like Bruce Willis is dead, and then and then this one. <laughs> I think <laughs> Bruce Willis is dead in the movie Cop Out with Tracy Morgan. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So the, I, I. But the thing about the twist in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about it, and I never did. It doesn't yeah. really add anything for me. Like, yeah, it's just like this weird... So the twist that we're talking about, just in case you haven't seen Fight Club, don't want to see Fight Club, and want us to just tell you what the twist is... Get into it. The twist is that Edward Norton's character and Brad Pitt's character are the same person. Right. Brad Pitt's character is named Tyler Durden, and Edward Norton's character doesn't have a name throughout the whole movie until he realizes that, like... People are calling him Tyler. That so, he is Tyler Durden. He, yeah. And that Brad Pitt is just like a figment of his, his imagination. imagination. Oh, right. Brad Pitt is is essentially everything he he wants to be. He's better right. at sex, better at his job, better at blah, 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 whatever. Um, yeah. So that's the twist. And yeah, it's kind of like a, like, I don't know. Because I, I, I honestly can't remember from the first time that I saw it. Whether or not I knew what the twist was, you whether probably knew. you're very good at guessing those things. Well, but and 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 like, but I'm saying like whether it had been spoiled for me beforehand, yeah, right, or if I figured it out, which I don't know, if, I, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. I don't, I don't remember. It feels like it's possible. Like I can see at the time having you know when this movie first came out that feeling like a cool twist, but yeah. it's it's one like I feel like there are some twists where. Even once you know the twist, the movie's still interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that holds true for Fight Club. Like, I don't know if the twist 
being spoiled still... I think the movie... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's the opposite of like, oh, once you know the twist, the movie's more interesting. It's like, the movie's interesting without the twist. Yes, there to we me. go. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. the twist, again, to me, like, doesn't really add much. Yeah. And never worked like it like it works like they like the math of it works right and it always like made sense but it just like never added that much to to the right and there are also like things about it where they're where they're breaking the rules right so so for example the bruce willis thing sixth sense the big thing with that is that if you go back and watch it again you it's it's obvious quotey fingers that he's dead do you know what i mean right and as far as like who he communicates with who he's talking to where he sits what he does with this, it, there are rules that are broken. There's a point where Brad Pitt is driving a car. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Edward Norton is sitting next to him. Yeah, right, right, right. Now, granted, that car goes off the road, but... <laughs> yeah, that's So, true. you know what I mean? There's just, like, little things like that where it's, like, they they sort of solve those problems or, or make it cool, but then yeah. there are things like that where it's, like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. The scene where uh, they're on the... Where he first meets Tyler Durden and they're on their airplane. Yeah. And he says, so like, so watching this movie, sorry, I can never complete a sentence. Hmm. Um, Watching this movie was very like, oh, this is very embarrassing, this this movie. (laughs) But that scene where he meets Tyler Durden and he says like, he says like, you are the most interesting single serving friend I've ever met. And Tyler Durden is like, oh, I get it. I know what you're saying. (laughs) And then like, like, he's like, you know, how's that working out for you being clever? Mm -hmm. That scene is so ingrained in my every frame of it is in my brain (laughs) yeah and is so like just like that thing of like yeah i get what you're saying i get it yeah it's not funny or interesting (laughs) like that thing is just i feel like that just replays in my brain all the time whenever i say anything (laughs) great is that good (laughs) um uh, i just love that scene and it works so well and brad pitt and edward horton is so great in it yeah so oh is it available we didn't talk about if uh eyes wide shut was available either eyes okay. go ahead eyes wide shut is on hulu perfect so you can watch it on hulu at any time love that uh fight club you can rent or buy okay i feel like it was on netflix a while ago i think it's gone now yeah. i can't remember okay um I mean, are I know you, what I'm. What my vote is. Are we you talking know? about which to get rid of? Yeah. The point of that, the podcast. That's the, pre- <laughs> the premise. <laughs> I think we got to get rid of Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, I, I think agree. Like, I think like it's a shame Eyes Wide Shut is in a Stanley Kubrick box set. Oh yeah. But I don't I, like. I haven't. Watched I mean, as long it, as it doesn't bother you, that's it doesn't movie. bother <laughs> me. Like I like Eyes Wide Shut. I enjoy. I, I'm not going to revisit it. I think very often. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to. Watch Eyes Wide Shut again. <laughs> You're also probably not gonna watch my club, but yeah. of the two, uh, it's better is not the right word, but it's, it's, yeah. uh, I don't know. All right. Well, that was easy. Also, like Eyes Wide Shut available. You get it. Okay. Thank you, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, we will be shutting our eyes to you forever. Um, all right, so what am I? What is my number now that I'm picking from? What is our total, our final total DVDs that we started with? You are picking from one thousand three hundred twenty-one. Twenty-one is the list. Okay, great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pick our our next death match. Next death match. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. 
Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,141. 1,141 is, uh, from the year 2000, it's State and Maine. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Have I? I don't know. It's, uh... I feel like I can see the poster, though. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Who's in it? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, great. I think... Interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting one. Interesting. Great. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 811. 811. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> From 2006, Memoirs of a Geisha. Ooh, no. I mean. What in the world? Why do we own that? I Like, definitely me. I definitely bought it. I love that book. I liked that movie. It's got uh, Zhang Ziyi in it. Ziyi yeah. Zhang. I don't know. I don't, anyway. From 2006, Memoirs of a Geisha. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. State and Maine and Memoirs of a Geisha. The two <laughs> classic movies. Weird. That everybody loves. State and Maine. Our third Sarah Jessica Parker film. Jesus Christ. Wow. Who knew? We are Sarah Jessica Parker stands. Wow. Memoirs of a Geisha. What? What is, is that, that even going to be? be? <laughs> Did you see it? We saw it in the theater. We saw okay. It, we saw it, I think we saw it at the Grove. Oh, okay. Um, Do I remember a single thing about it? Definitely not. No. Great. Well, that was fun. Thank you guys so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. And we hope you're uh, doing great and feeling great. And That's all true? Yeah. All right. So come back next week and see who survives. DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Get into it. The twist is that um, Edward Norton. No, oh. Edward Norton. <laughs> <laughs>